You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. To help spread the gospel of Jesus, make sure to give us a five-star rating, like, and share this podcast so that it can get out to more people. In this podcast, we're diving into our new Bible study, the Find series, which is for individuals needing definition. Pastor Aaron Caton dives into the life of Jesus Christ and looks at habits in his life. We're going to learn how to use these same habits in our day-to-day life to define who we are in Him. Tonight, we're, we're talking about Jesus and prioritizing prayer. We've talked about community. We talked about how he studied scripture, and tonight is about prioritizing prayer. Glory. But let's talk about prayer before we get with Jesus. Let's just talk about prayer in general. You know, prayer, you can't come to Father. You can't come to God without coming to Jesus. And you can't come to Jesus without kneeling down in prayer. And you can't have have chains fall and, and walls crumble without prayer. Many of us, we come in and we got, we got our heart and we're carrying heavy issues, but we want to just carry them around and we don't want to just give them to God. We don't want to say, here, have my burden. But he says, cast all my burdens upon me. Just give them to me. I love you. Prayer, prioritizing prayer. You know, whenever I got saved, I, I prayed a prayer uh, of salvation sitting next to a pastor and I got baptized immediately. But it was about eight months later when the Holy Spirit hit me and I'd started praying. I came to an altar and I just started giving him my anger. I started giving him my bitterness. I started giving my junk of the world. I started giving him alcohol, drugs, and everything else. I just started giving it to him because I had to through prayer. You gotta prioritize prayer in your life. As they were singing, it's just touching my heart that, that our prayer life is so important. We're gonna see it tonight in Jesus' life, but it's in your life that prayer is so important. You'll praise. While you're praising, you can pray in the same manner. You can just release it all to God and give it to him. Amen? We're talking about Jesus tonight. Last week, we learned that at age 12, that it was custom for Jewish boys to learn the the requirements of the law. This week, we're going to see, and we saw last week too, but, but we see that Jesus is 30 and that he's going to start his ministry. And how do we know that he's 30? Well, in Numbers Chapter 4, verse 23, it's also in verse 3 and verse 30. For 30 years old and upward until 50 years old, shalt thou number them all that enter and to perform the service to do the work in the tabernacle of the congregation. Some people may have not known his age, but he was 30 years old whenever he started his ministry. Remember, he learned this by studying the scripture, amen? Jesus prioritizing prayer. In Luke 3, verses 21 and 22, Now, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was open and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven, which said, thou art my beloved son in thee. I am well pleased. We see that that during baptism that Jesus is praying. Even before you could be baptized, you had to pray. You had to confess your sin unto God. You had to ask Jesus to come in your heart. Jesus is standing here and he's praying during his baptism. We can see that he's praying for the scripture tells us and the Holy Ghost descends upon him. Listen, Jesus wasn't confessing sins because we know in 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, for he has no sin. He was made sin for us who knew no sin that we might, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. 
Amen. So that tells me that Jesus wasn't confessing any sins because he had none. But I, I believe that Jesus is praying a faith prayer. I, I believe that he's about ready to venture into his ministry and he's sitting there and he's going, Father, I just pray that you'll, that you'll bless me, Lord God. I pray that you'll give me uh, wisdom and love and knowledge. I, I pray, Lord God, that you would empower me to do your will. I, I pray, Lord God, that you know the purpose that you have for me. You have sent me and all who believe will have eternal life. I believe that he's praying and just asking for strength. And then he, he closes and says, I want to give you all the glory and I want to fulfill your purpose. Amen. That's just what I believe. It doesn't tell me what he's praying, but I do know that Jesus was flesh. He was anointed the Holy Ghost, but he was praying. Jesus had been praying for strength. You know how I believe that? Because we see that he was led away into the, in the wilderness 40 days to be tempted of the devil. We see in Luke 4, verses 13 and 14, and when the devil had ended all temptation, he departed from him for a season. And Jesus returned in the spirit, in the power of the spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him through all the region round about him. We see from last week that with prayer mixed with the word of God, mixed with faith, that he overcomes his first encounter with the devil and he overcomes his first temptations. Amen. When you don't give in to temptation, the devil will flee you for a season. You, you got to hold on to God. You got to trust God with all of your heart, knowing that he sent the helper and the comforter of the Holy Spirit to get you through that temptation. Amen. Listen, if you fall into temptation, repent of it. God loves you. Just repent of it and say, I'm sorry that I messed up, God. Help me through the next temptation. Help me through the next journey that you got me on. Whatever it is, just guard my heart, guard my mind that I don't fall short of it again. Amen. He just wants us. He wants us. God wants us. We, uh, we learn that Jesus prioritizes prayer in Mark 1 and 35. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. Jesus is alone. He's praying for the blessing of God to be rejuvenated in power, sound mind and love. Why? Because he just left the 40 days of temptation. And he did, he preached in the synagogue. He did some things. And now he's come back and asked for, for God to bless him again, to be rejuvenated in this Holy Spirit. I believe that, that prayer is a divine supplement. Supplement means something that completes or enhances something else when added to it. Prayer completes us. It, en it enhances our inner man. When we pray, God enlightens us. When we pray, the heart of God and the heart of man align. Can you imagine that? Can you see that for yourself right now? That when you pray, the heart of God is aligning with you. Jesus moves from praying in Mark 1 and 35, and he goes out and he starts preaching. We can see this in Mark 1 and 39. And he preached in the synagogues throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. We also see in Mark 1 that there's a leper who comes to him begging. Please heal me, Jesus. Heal me of my leprosy. It's almost a prayer. He's got his heart wide open just saying, I need you. And Jesus touched him and immediately the leprosy departed from him. We also see in Mark 2 that he's in the house of Peter, shoulder to shoulder. Everybody knows that Jesus is there and everybody wants to be around him. The house is full. It's not just full inside, it's full outside. You can't see through a window. You can't get to a door. It's crowded. You're trying to peek in. You know, you've been at a Mountaineer game once or twice and you're sitting there trying to see whenever you're behind the glass and you're trying to jump in because you want to see that what's going on. Well, Jesus is in the house and people are trying to see. Right. And some guys, they bring their buddy who's sick of palsy 
And they lower him down to the roof before Jesus. And Jesus says, your sin are forgiven you. And the Pharisees and scribes, they yell, blasphemy. Listen, the Pharisees and the scribes are almost a devil to Jesus. Every time that he says something, they're disputing what's going on in Jesus' ministry. Amen? I believe Jesus moved with love and compassion on all. I believe, cha- I believe that prayer changes our heart. It believes, I believe that changes the heart that we have for others. I believe that Jesus is telling us, as he told us before in Scripture last week, to pray for our enemies. You didn't see, God, you didn't see Jesus bow down to his enemies. In Mark 2, 9 through 12, he says to the palsy, he says, well, he says to the Pharisees and scribes, whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise and take thy bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He still has power on earth today to forgive sins. No matter what you're going through, he still has the power. He said unto the sick, he said, arise and take thy bed and go thy way into thy house. And immediately he rose, took up his bed and went forth. I believe because Jesus was in prayer, because of the unity with the Father, that Jesus was able to heal this man and heal the others. We see in Mark 3 that there's a man with with a withered hand. He walks into the synagogue to preach the word of God and he notices this man and he commands the man, he says, stand forth. He's testing his faith. Many times our our pastor will test our our faith whenever he says, hey, this altar's wide open this morning. He did it. He's saying, move. If you got something something going on or you got a burden inside of you, whatever it was this morning, he said, move to this altar. He was testing your faith because God wanted to work inside of you. He tested this man's faith. He said, stand forth. And the man stood up. That That was just a testimony of his faith right there. Then he said, stretch forth your hand. And he stretched forth his hand, and as he stretched forth, his hand was healed. Amen? Amen. Amen. Listen, God's testing our faith whether or not we'll stand up. But since praying, Jesus has preached the gospel. He's cast out devils. He's healed leprosy. He healed a man with palsy. He healed a withered hand. And he stood strong against the Pharisees and the scribes. What's next? Well, Jesus retreats to prayer. In Luke 6, verse 12, And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer. I believe that Jesus went to God with a thankfulness of heart. I mean, he just did so many miracles. I believe that he just did so many miraculous miracles. He knows that it was of the Father. He says, Father, I thank you for allowing me to be used by you. He's thanking God. He's saying, listen, it's all glory to you. I want to walk with meekness and humility. I don't want to walk on my own one accord. I want to walk unified with you. He's in prayer. Why? Because it's important. It's a habit to him. I believe that he's praising God for the success of the day. I believe that he's praying for strength and wisdom and knowledge again. I believe that he's praying for power for his next events. I believe that he's praying for his community. Which ones would he choose as his disciples? I believe that he's praying that God would allow the anointing that's upon him to be up on those that he chooses, those that he picks as disciples. I believe, that he's, I believe that he's before God, just giving him all the glory and praise and being thankful. After prayer, Jesus picks his disciples in Mark 3, 14 and 15. And he ordained 12 that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach and to have power to heal sickness and to cast out devils. After ordaining the 12 disciples, a multitude comes to him. Jesus' fame has spread everywhere. His ministry has brought crowds. They came expecting to touch him. 
They came expecting a touch from him. Listen, whenever you're in your prayer closet, you need to go expecting that you're going to get an answer that you want. You need to go expecting that you're going to touch Jesus, that you're going to touch God, and that God is going to touch you and give you something back. The power enhanced, enlightened for the day's journey. He said, he got in his prayer closet and he said, help me pick the 12 so that I can ordain them. Listen, we've all been ordained. He chose each and every one of us the day that he knocked at our heart. And we came to him, we said, God, forgive me of my sins. He chose you. He ordained you on that day, believe it or not. He ordained you, amen? Listen, they came so much and so often that Jesus and his community didn't always have time to eat. They didn't always have time to get away. Your prayer life is so important. We see Jesus makes prayer a priority. Your unity with God matters, not just for yourself, but for those that God puts in your path on this journey. Your prayer life will keep your cup filled and your spirit man full, amen? We're talking about Jesus' prayer life. In Mark 6, 45 and 46, and straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida while he sent the people away. And when he sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. This is a habit of Jesus. When he can get away from the crowd, he goes and he prays. He's not sending anybody away though without being touched, without a kind word, without love. He's ministering to them. Listen, Jesus fed the 5,000. He taught the 5,000. He probably had prayer line with the 5,000. Those that needed a healing, those that needed touch, I'm sure that he ministered to them. Ministry can wear you out. As we see, Jesus is ministering a lot, but he keeps going back to the glory of God, to his prayer closet. He departed into a mountain to pray, to give thanks and to get a refreshing Listen, if that was me, I'd be like, man, God, that was so awesome. We just fed 5,000 people. Can you imagine that? We fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. Not only that, God, woo, that was so awesome. But look, look, God, oh my goodness, Father, what have you done? You blessed us with, my disciples have enough food each for days. You blessed us with 12 baskets left over. God, you supplied all our needs according to your glorious power. God, what a work. I mean, I'd stand there and just praise him all day long and all that. It blows my mind that God loves us. I stand in awe every day that God loves us, that he hears our prayers, that he cares for us. Can you imagine? An almighty God cares for you. Whoo, glory. I love him. I'm thankful for his love. He answers our prayers. Right. Mm. He chose us. He allows us to be used by him. I never liked sitting on the bench. Whenever I was an athlete, I didn't sit on the bench very long. Listen, I sat on the bench in basketball my sophomore year. Guess what? I quit and went to an intramural team so I could play because I don't like sitting on the bench. I don't like sitting on the bench now. I like being put into the game. Anybody else? This ain't a game. This is life and death. Salvation or hell, it's heaven or hell. It's not a game. It's not life and death. It's eternal life forever. And it starts here on earth. We gotta be able to say, God, here I am. Open me up. Use me. I wanna be used by God. I want you to be used by God for his kingdom, for his glory, to do what he's got for you. Amen? It blows my mind, God's so faithful. 
Whoo, Jesus is on the mountain praying. The disciples are on, in a boat and they're going to the other side. Let's pick it up in Mark 6, 47 through 51. And when the evening was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea and he alone on the land. Jesus is alone praying. And he saw them toiling and rowing for the wind was contrary unto them. At about the fourth watch of the night, which means about three or 6 a.m., man, that's a long night. He cometh unto them walking upon the sea and he would have passed by them. Jesus is one with God and he's one with the Holy Ghost. But when they saw him walking up on the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and they cried out. Fear gripped them. Fear gripped his disciples. For they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and said to them, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Listen, I encourage you tonight, no matter what you're going with, going through, be of good cheer. God is with you. Be not afraid. And he went up unto them in the ship and the wind ceased and they were so amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. Listen, naturally, they got in the boat. He said, go to the other side. Man, and they're probably thinking, well, Jesus is gonna get in his own boat and he's gonna come behind us. He'll catch up one way or another. They weren't expecting Jesus to be walking on the water. It terrified them. They said, they saw a spirit. They were cried out. Listen, that's us too many times. We wanna put Jesus in a different boat and say, he'll catch up with me. Listen, he's ahead of you. He's a day ahead of you. He's hours ahead of you. You ain't gotta worry about him catching up because he's right there with you in and out of every storm. Amen, he's with you. He's walking past the boat. He had to stop. He was, so, he was so in tune with God that he was out walking the disciples. They're rowing away, they're toiling. Listen, whenever you're rowing and you're toiling in a storm, God's right there with you. He's not going ahead of you. You might think that he's ahead of you. You might say, God, where are you at? Many times that's what we do. He's right there with you in the middle of the storm. He's right there beside of you. Listen, Jesus, our God, has prayed all night. He was one with God and he was walking through the storm and he'll walk you right through your storm. As they were toiling through the storm, Jesus was praying. Even today, Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father, interceding on your behalf, my behalf. Why? Because you're a child of the Most High God and he wants to see you succeed. He doesn't want to see you defeated. He doesn't want to hear you despair. He wants to hear you cry out in victory that my God, my God has brought me through the storm. My God has given me the victory through the storm. Amen? Our God, he says, pray, trust me, with God all things are possible. After praying, Jesus walked on the water. He calmed the storm in the disciples' life and he goes straight into the communities. Mark 6 and 56, and whithersoever he entered into villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch, if it were, but the border of his garments. And as many as touched it, were made whole. Man, if you haven't been with God and been made whole, the old time ministers, the old time saints, they tell you to pray until you get a breakthrough. Listen, you gotta pray. You can't just get in a prayer closet and tell God your needs because he wants more than that. He wants to know more than your needs. He wants to know your love for him, amen? Amen. Listen, Jesus is teaching us through prayer that the storm isn't as ferocious as it looks, that the diagnosis brings fear. But Jesus said, don't be afraid, just believe I'm with you. 
What does Jesus say about prayer? Matthew 6 and 6, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou shalt shut the door, pray to the Father, which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Jesus is teaching us to get away. You and the Father, God wants you. God's looking for some heartfelt devotion from you, some sincere, genuine love. He's trying to tell you to get an intimate relationship with your father. Just as you love your wife, your children, whomever that you have that affection towards, that's what he's trying to say. Compare it to that on earth. Get away. You ever like to just get away with that special someone in your life? Would you like, you know, Trevor and I went out last, last Saturday and we ate. That's a special somebody in my life. And I just wanted to get away with him so we could have conversation. That's what God's saying. Amen? Prayer is developing that intimate relationship with the living God. The Father wants your heart. Listen, when we develop that relationship, Jesus teaches us that the Father is good. In Matthew 7 and 7, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Jesus says, ask, ask, seek, knock. He says, ask, ask in faith, not wavering. Seek diligently, knock persistently. Continue in petitioning. Have faith, keep the faith, believing in faith. Don't let your mind tell you that it won't happen. I'm gonna give you an example in Mark 7 and 25. For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit, heard of him and came and fell at his feet. She heard of Jesus. Imagine this is a prayer. She came and fell down at her knees before God. The woman was a Greek, Syrophoenician by nation, and she, and she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. She's made a petition. All of us, we fell to our knees and we've made a petition. And sometimes we just leave it right there. We don't go any farther. But let's see. But Jesus said unto her, let the children first be filled for it is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it unto the dogs. Listen, when life turns you against, when life turns against you and you can't see a way out, just remember that Jesus is with us. He's still with us. Don't let your mind tell you that it can't happen because it can happen. God is a good God, amen? And she answered and said unto him, yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. She's persistent in her prayer. She's saying, God, my daughter's sick and I need you to heal. She's come back again and said, she said again, God, my daughter's sick and I need her healed. Sometimes you gotta talk to your mind whenever you're thinking that it ain't gonna happen. You just gotta be persistent and press into God and tell your mind to shut up because I know that it can happen because with God it's happening. And he said unto her, for this saying, go thy way. The devil is gone out of the daughter. Listen, she pressed in three or four times. She knelt down, petitioning several times to get the answer that she was looking for. Don't give up in your prayer life. Just because you don't see it happening right now, don't give up. Keep faith, keep believing, keep praying for it, keep petitioning what you're asking for, amen? amen? Jesus teaches us how to pray. In Matthew 6, 9 through 13, after this manner, therefore pray you, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread 
And forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Jesus is teaching us to recognize God. Hallowed be thy name. Listen, and I don't know if you think about it that way, but whenever I get in my prayer closet, I tell God who he is. Lord, you're Elohim. You're the Lord God, my creator. You created me. You placed me in my mother's womb. You chose me. You created this. And I'm thankful. You're Jehovah Rapha. You're the Lord God, my healer. I tell him that he's my healer. I thank him for my health. Lord, you're Jehovah Jireh. You're the Lord God, my provider. Meet every need that I have. And listen, he's done it time and time again. I stand in, in awe. I, I'm amazed at what God has done. Listen, I, I said in a living room, I'm gonna be real blunt about my blessings. I sat in a living room with two couches and a love seat, an entertainment system and a, and a 70 inch TV. And guess what? My God supplied all my needs. I, don't, I didn't purchase any of that. I may have had to put my hand to a plow to work a little bit, but I didn't purchase any of that. I sat on stuff that God blessed me with and I'm thankful for the blessing. Why? Because he's Jehovah Jireh. I can go into my bedroom and I got two dressers that I didn't purchase. Why? Because my God is my provider. He's my provider. I get excited. I tell him who he is. I say, you're El Ra. You're the God who sees all. You know what my path looks like today and just keep me away from anything that's gonna lead me away from you. You're the God of the universe. I tell him who he is. I get excited. He's beyond measure. He's beyond measure. Do you tell him who he is or do you usually kneel down and say, God, I need. I like to tell him who he is. I like to be thankful for it. God, you're so good to me. I'm just so thankful. Listen, he's teaching us not to be conformed to this world, but to be renewed in the kingdom of heaven. And how do you do that? You get in the word of God. It renews your spirit. It renews your awakening in God. He's encouraging us to ask for our needs. He says, pray for forgiveness and the peace to forgive others, to not permit us to be overcome by evil, but deliver us and keep us from that evil. And again, he acknowledges God. He says, God, you rule over all things and with thankfulness in our hearts. Listen, let's see how Jesus prays. John 17, verse one. I'm not reading the whole chapter of John to you. That's on your own. Last week, I got a little bit long with scriptures. This week, you're on your own reading John 17, okay? John 17 and one, these words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify the Son, that the Son may glorify thee. Jesus is praying for himself. And I've heard some people say, I don't like to pray for myself. It's selfish. Listen, you better pray for yourself because you don't know if anybody else is praying for you. And everybody else don't know the circumstances that you're going through in life. So pray for yourself. You see here, Jesus is praying for himself. He is praying for the unity to be with God. Jesus is praying that through his death, his atonement, that believers would know him as their savior and that we would know God and possess eternal life. He's praying in John 17, Jesus is praying to the Holy Father that he would keep all believers and that our relationship with God the Father would be the same as Jesus and God the Father. Can you imagine that? He's praying for us that our hearts would be right with God the Father just as his heart was. That is so awesome. Right. He's praying that all believers would have unity, that we would be kept from evil, that we would walk sanctified, forgiven of sins, walk in a pure life, cleansed, 
holy, separated for God's work. He's praying for his disciples and their ministry. He's prayed this prayer for you in John 17. He prayed it for you. He prayed it for me. If you need a refreshing of what he wants from you, just get into John 17 and say, I can't believe that Jesus was praying. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you can't believe that he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding on your behalf, but you can get into the word and see that he's praying for his disciples. That's you and that's me. And he's praying for our ministries. We sit in a group of ministers here on Monday and we all go different directions. But God prayed for our ministries. God's praying for your ministry. You're able to touch people. Anywhere that you go, you're able to impact people's lives. Amen? Jesus is praying for the unity of all believers. He's praying for the church that none that believe in him would be lost. In closing tonight, I pray that this has helped you to understand Jesus. I pray that it helps you to understand that prayer needs to be a priority in your life just as much as it was in Jesus' life. Hebrews 5 and 7. Listen, after Jesus was dead, there's still stories about Jesus who in the days of his flesh, when he'd offered up prayers and supplications, was strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. Jesus is praying. He's praying for everything. He's crying. He's got tears. It's okay to cry. You're in prayer closet. Listen, I was a mess. Whenever I gave myself to the Lord that day, I was a mess. The associate pastor came over and he said, can I pray with you? I mean, what I had going on was ugly. It wasn't good. It was good because where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And I got a lot of freedom that day, but there was a lot of ugliness coming out. Amen. Jesus shows us that it's okay to cry during prayer. You're worshiping with your tears. Listen, prayer was a habit for Jesus. We learn from Jesus to pray often. We learn from Jesus how to pray. And we learn from Jesus what he prayed for. He prayed for the unity of the church. He prayed for the believers and for none to be lost. Listen, tonight, what do you need? What's on your heart? What are you searching for? I believe Carrie used the word today. Tell him your request. So let's just close our eyes. Maybe Pastor Carrie will play something soft for us. Let's just close our eyes and take a few minutes. Taking it to God. You can come to this altar or you can stay in your seat. But what do you need? What's on your heart? What are you searching for? Remember in Philippians 4 and 6, he said, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. 